Hello, and welcome to Pause Pop, Positively Pop Culture, where we talk about the things we love enthusiastically and without guilt. I'm Carrie Gessner. And I'm KW Taylor. This week, we're talking about the new Sarah Bareilles live album, the HBO reboot of Perry Mason, and we'll also have a segment on what to consume on road trips. So, if it's cool with you, I will just, I'll start out with Sarah. Yeah, and and I mean, I think that you know, new albums are, are also something to consume on road trips. So it's all tied together. That's very true. I don't know about how, how Perry Mason ties into that. But no, we'll, it doesn't. We'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm a big fan of Sarah Brella's. I probably have to go back a lot in my explanation for Sarah, but uh, <laughs> I think her first album came out when I was in high school and my sister is very musical and I'm, I love music a lot, but we don't share the same taste a lot. And Sarah Brellis was the first, the first artist that we both liked at the time. And we both have continued to like all these years. So it's something that I share in common with my sister, which is kind of sweet. And I'm just a big fan of her and her lyrics. And she's, Sarah has kind of been everywhere lately. She's done a musical. She's on Girls 5 Eva on Peacock, which is, <laughs> I've watched the first couple episodes. It's really cute. She was in Jesus Christ Superstar on NBC a couple years ago. So she's been keeping herself busy. And I really wasn't expecting this live album. And then it, I found out about it like a week before it dropped, I think. But it's called Amidst the Chaos, live from the Hollywood Bowl. And it's basically, she was doing a tour called Amidst the Chaos before the pandemic. And it was actually the last concert I went to before pandemic. Oh. Shut everything down, yeah. And I went with my mom and my sister. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's really fun to spend time with them where we all enjoy what's going on because we're all kind of different in our tastes. So sometimes it's hard to find something that all three of us enjoy. <laughs> and... um I was having a really hard time at work during that year, and I remember just sitting sitting in the audience and sitting with my family and letting Sarah Bareilles' music kind of wash over me, and I love live music experiences because it's such, I don't know, like it's such just a connecting thing, connecting experience, and I felt connected to my sister and my mom and everyone in the audience with us. And I don't want it to sound hyperbolic when I say this, but it felt like a very healing experience. Aww. Yeah. So I was just like not in a great mindset. And then I went and I was, I was healed <laughs> by Sarah's <Aww>. music. <laughs> so I'm just a huge fan of her. And this album is the concert version of her tour, mm -hmm. which is what I saw a couple years ago. That's just really cool in and of itself because it's a reminder of that great evening I had, and I can relive that when I listen to it. But it's also just a good album in general if you like her music. I don't, I don't know. Have you listened to much of her stuff? <laughs> Not really. I tell our listeners what is her sort of genre or it's very piano heavy. Okay, mm -hmm. what Google says is pop, pop rock, soul. Okay. <laughs> so okay. cool yeah and does she play the piano or is is that usually left to somebody else or 
No, she plays the piano. She's a really okay. good piano player. Okay. She also plays the guitar sometimes. Cool. But I, her main instrument is the piano. So, and she's a big songwriter too, right? So these are all yes. her own. Okay. Yes, these are all her own songs, which is awesome. Yeah, I've just loved her songs forever. And I've actually seen her a few times in concert, usually at smaller places. Mm-hmm. And it's just so fun to watch her play the piano. And she's really a goofy person. <laughs> <laughs> and it comes across on this live album because she talks to the audience. And yeah, it's just a fun experience because she makes jokes. And sometimes like on this album, one person is like, play winter song. And she's like, no. <laughs> But then she sings a little bit of it for them, which is really cute. Yeah. She's just a really playful person. And I've had such a good concert experience with her. But one of the things I really love about this album is that she has done mashups of some of her songs. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I think I get really bored by live albums that are just the songs and they don't do that much that's new. Mm-hmm. But this is really cool because the first track starts out with Orpheus, which is the song that the lyrics amidst the chaos are taken from. Mm-hmm. And it's one of my favorite songs, and it's mashed up with Fire. And they're both like totally different songs. Orpheus is slow and contemplative, and Fire is like, it's upbeat and it's sort of part in the pun, but fiery. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, the fact that they get mashed up is really interesting to me, and it opens the show. And then about two-thirds of the way through, uh, she has another mashup between No Such Thing and Satellite Call. And Satellite Call is a really interesting song, and it's got this background. I can't, I am not going to sing for you, (laughs) But, (laughs) but it's got this vocalization in the background, and they make that the background of another song called No Such Thing. And I just think it's a really interesting mashup. I just love the things that she does. And she seems like, you know, she's never content to stay still. She wants to always keep be doing more. Keep mm-hmm. keep be doing more. <laughs> <laughs> she wants to always be doing more. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's just really cool that she takes her own stuff and puts them together. And most of these songs are from her newest album, Amidst the Chaos. But there are a few older hits, like I Choose You, Love Song. That's probably something that most people are familiar with. Or Brave. Those are probably her two biggest hits. Those are on here. I mentioned she did a musical. Mm-hmm. It's called Waitress. It's based on the film, I think, from 2007 by the same name. And she gets some of her bandmates to duet with her on the waitress songs oh cool so in the middle there's a little there's a little like stylistic break and she's like i'm gonna play some songs from waitress so you get that experience as well they're a little bit different to her own songs but still very good a little bit more broadway i guess Mm -hmm. yeah i don't have much more to say about it i feel like i've been talking about music a lot even though i'm really bad at talking about it (laughs) (laughs) but i think it comes down to i just get a really good feeling when I listen to music that I like and this definitely gives me that if you are into live albums and I know not everyone is Uh and you want to check out Sarah Burles I think this is a good one to start with cool she's got a couple other live albums as well 
I have one question because mm-hmm. when people put out a live album, they can do it a couple of different ways. It can be just the straightforward recording, maybe a little bit edited, but mostly just one show on a tour or one specific performance. Mm-hmm. But they also could do where they sort of cobble together the best versions of several different shows on the same tour. So do you know which way she did this? You know what? I don't. It's okay. live from the Hollywood Bowl, but I don't know how many shows she had at the Hollywood Bowl. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. okay. You don't know enough about that. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's... I. But like I, and even comedians will do the same thing, right? Where they might record a bunch on the same tour, but not that it's not every track is from the same actual performance. So yeah. 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 I'm not, I'm not actually sure. I was actually at a, oh, what is his name? Mike Birbiglia show that was getting recorded. Oh, cool. And it was weird. I felt like slightly self-conscious as an audience member. Like we all had to be really, really laughing really yeah. well or something <laughs> that, would, that would be really strange actually yeah. i've never been in <laughs> in the audience for a live recording huh. yeah. as i'm as i was trying to look up whether she <laughs> recorded this over one show or multiple shows mm-hmm. i actually found there's an excerpt from the concert on peacock that you can watch oh, cool. so it's not the whole thing this is 37 minutes and the album itself is well over an hour and a half, I think. Okay. Yeah, it's like an hour and 45 minutes. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's just an excerpt from it. But it features her co-stars from Girls 5 Eva. Oh, fun. Renee, Elise Goldsberry, Paula Pell, and Busy Phillips. Oh. Yeah. Cute. If you're into pianists, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> if piano music is something that you really like, I think this would interest you. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. I do like what I've heard of her. Honestly, I, sh- I shouldn't. In some ways, she reminds me of people like Vanessa Carlton and Tori Amos mm. and stuff. And yeah, you know, that's all. It's all great. I just haven't done a deep dive. I think I should watch Girls 5 Eva, though. <laughs> yeah, I think you should, too. Yeah. I've watched the first three episodes mm-hmm. and it's delightful. And I'm pretty sure we should talk about that as a shared topic. Yes. Pretty soon. Yeah. <laughs> My only, I will say this before we move on, but Peacock still is not available on the Amazon Fire Stick, which is my primary means of streaming things. And I don't love watching TV on my computer, but I do have a Peacock account. I just have not gotten to it. I think so. they just changed that though. Did they? I thought I heard something like that. Yeah. Ooh. That it just came to fire. Ooh. But I will check on it and I will update you. <laughs> okay. Thank you. But for a TV show that is available to stream on the Fire Stick, that is not being a problem, is uh, <laughs> to completely shift gears here. Yes, is very, the, very different. <laughs> the 2020 version of Perry Mason, which is on HBO. Mm-hmm. And you know, I love me my HBO shows. You do. <laughs> I <Yeah>. do. <laughs> so can you give us a little background of the show? Yes. So this is a period drama set in the 1930s. It is based on the character Perry Mason, who was in a series of novels by Earl Stanley Gardner, but also there was an older TV show that kind of was off and on from the 60s into the 80s and stuff with um, Raymond Burr playing Perry Mason. But really, you don't need to know any of that for this version. It's kind of very yeah. self-contained. It's its own thing. And it stars Matthew Reese as Perry Mason. And at the beginning of the series, he is an investigator for a very small law firm that's led by John Lithgow. And 
over the course of the short series, which is first season is only eight episodes, he does himself become an attorney. Mm-hmm. Because in the classic series, in the in the books and in the old TV series, he was certainly much more known as being a lawyer than an investigator. But it was kind of neat to see how that happened. And it's really like it's it's early 30s. It's 1932 in Los mm-hmm. Angeles. So there's this interesting idea of the Great Depression and kind of like L.A. noir, and it's a lot darker and spookier and edgier than the old series ever was. So, yeah. So that's kind of the background, and he's working on a case where that's very similar to the Lindbergh baby kidnapping, but mm-hmm. it's the kidnapping of an infant who then they find the infant dead. And the court case that ensues with trying to figure out who killed the baby, who kidnapped the baby, how the baby Mm -hmm. ended up dying, and really stressful, weird stuff happens with it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of the setup for the season. And the season goes through just that case is the main storyline throughout the eight episodes. Mm -hmm. And the case itself is fairly disturbing. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, you're dealing with a dead baby, but there are further details about the case that are even more disturbing and it's i actually watched the first two episodes last year and i think i was just like i don't want something this dark right now yeah (laughs) so if if anyone does start to wants to watch it maybe just be aware that it's not really light-hearted viewing no yeah but the performances are incredible like matthew reese is so good he's very kind of restrained and complicated and his like assistant, Della Street, played by Juliet Rylance, she's also extremely good. Mm-hmm. John Lithgow as his mentor, he's very, very good. And actually, the, um, the people who are the parents of the child who's been kidnapped, they're excellent. And then Tatiana Maslany, do you want to talk <laughs> about her character? My fave, yeah. I'm a big <laughs> Tatiana fan because she starred in Orphan Black. Mm-hmm. And she started as clones, so she was playing multiple characters there. And uh, she was just incredible because every single character was very different. And I went into this expecting like this character to be similar to one of those characters just because she had so many before. But it's complete. It's a completely new thing, which is so interesting to see. But she plays Sister Alice McKeegan, who's a preacher. And she's the head of a church called the Radiant Assembly of God. They have a a huge church, lots of parishioners, and they do a radio show, like they broadcast their services. And she is just very interesting. Honestly, one of the frustrating things that I found with this series was it's sort of a lot more sprawling than I thought it would be. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of side plots that may turn out to be relevant will turn out to be relevant spoilers i'm just gonna keep interrupting myself but uh (laughs) i actually spent so much of this week watching selling sunset that i sort of forgot to watch (laughs) to watch perry mason so i'm only on episode i'm in the middle of episode seven i'm like halfway through it so i and it's only eight episodes so i haven't quite finished it like you have Mm -hmm. but i i sort of know enough but there's a lot going on and it's a little bit slow at times and I still, I honestly still don't know what's up with Sister Alice. I'm like, I'm very intrigued by her. She seems to be 
and you you could tell me if this is incorrect. Mm-hmm. But she seems to be very straightforward and have a lot of faith in who she is and what she's doing. Mm-hmm. But she starts to do some things. She starts to she wants to go back to like tent revival healing. Mm-hmm. And that sort of backfires a little bit. And one of the plot points that comes in later in the series is that she says that she heard God's voice and she will raise the dead baby mm-hmm. back to life. So she's very complicated. There's a lot going on with her. I don't know how it's going to turn out. You know how it's going to turn out. So maybe- yeah. yeah. The thing about that character is I feel like she's very based on Amy Semple McPherson, who was a, just like Sister Alice was a Canadian woman who traveled around and did tent revivals and then established this mega church. And it was one of the first mega churches that did broadcasting and stuff. And to have a mega church be led by a woman is a little unusual, especially at this era. Mm. But there's this strange pull where you think, is she being manipulated a lot by her mother? Birdie McKeegan, who's played by Lily Taylor, which that made me feel really old to have Lily Taylor playing Tatiana's mother. Um, <laughs> Lily Taylor is kind of a, a Gen X icon in independent films. And I was just like trying to do the math of like, <laughs> is she really old enough? To be? And she is, but barely, barely. Anyway, but Sister Alice is sort of like, you have to look at, is she is she really being allowed to do what she wants to do? Is yeah. she being exploited? Is she mentally ill in some way is she delusional is she a con artist you know there's a lot of questions about all of that and i think that gail or i'm sorry emily dodson played by gail rankin the mother of the murdered child gets very very sucked into the cult of personality around sister alice and so you have to ask like is she being manipulated is she being conned is she is her grief being co-opted so there's a lot of really interesting questions there yeah and even though it doesn't feel like sister alice's storyline dovetails very closely with the murder it kind of does so it just takes a minute to get to that point yeah yeah i think i've seen a slight connection so far okay but yeah and there's some gender stuff because like you said it's unusual for a woman to be leading a church this large and there is like a council of elders or something who are all men mm-hmm. and they are not always happy with her leadership. And I think at one point they sort of try to force her out. So mm-hmm. that's, yeah, I honestly, I think I'm most interested in her storyline. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like what's happening, what's yeah. going to happen. But there's a lot else going on. Yeah. And I do want to point out like Perry Mason, even though we're not really mentioning his character as much, <laughs> he's still very compelling. He clearly has, PTSD from having been in World War One. He has recently gotten divorced. There's a lot of animosity with his ex and him missing his young son. He's losing his family farm. You know, his his entire family is apparently dead, and he's still living at this farm, but it's not a working farm. And he's kind of mm-hmm. leased it out to this weird small airline. And there's a lot of pressure from one of the people running the airline for him to sell the farm to her. And he's just really, really struggling. And But he's also very, very smart. Mm-hmm. And I think you see that throughout. And Matthew Reese is fantastic and yeah. kind of an understated actor. And I'm actually watching The Americans right now. And he's the main guy on there, too. And um, his range is really good. Like, it's he's just really strong. But he does play it like he's that classic main character hero 
who is not necessarily the flashiest character in his own show, but he ties it all together and yeah. provides a good grounding. Absolutely. Even as he is complicated and kind of not always super likable, but he tries to do the right thing. So. Yeah, that's a very important point. It comes up a lot, the theme of, is this legal or is it right? Mm -hmm. And those aren't always the same. And I think that's very, very interesting and very timely as well in our world, unfortunately. Yeah. So yeah, I thought that was very interesting. He's always trying to do the right thing. He is sort of a mess. Mm -hmm. <laughs> He's getting a little bit less messy as the... <laughs> <laughs> as the series goes on but at one point yeah. i think sister alice is like aren't you ashamed of go going out of the house with nails like that <laughs> because they're like so dirty or something yeah so yeah i think i think his character is really interesting and yeah you're right matthew reese does a really good job it took me a while to get into this i didn't really love the characters at first it's kind of slow mm -hmm. it's a slow burn but now that i've watched most of it i really like him as a character as an actor mm -hmm. and i like a lot of the secondary characters like della is great mm -hmm. chris chalk plays paul drake who's a beat cop he's a black beat cop in la and there's a lot of racial tension there mm -hmm. and i find his storyline really interesting as well yes yes there's a really good scene in court between paul drake and perry mason i think in episode six or so I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. Just that <laughs> it's a very interesting storyline. It's heavy. There's a lot of darkness. Mm -hmm. But I think at the heart of it, there are a lot of people who are just trying to do the right thing. Yes. And that's very hopeful. Yeah, it really is. I want to just give a little rundown shout out to random character actors in this that are, are people that I enjoy, including okay. Justin Kirk, who is awesome. Nate Cordroy. Robert Patrick, Stephen Root, Matt Frewer, just play a bunch of random characters who are, oh, Gretchen Maul, Jenny O'Hara. Like, these are people who are, oh, it's that person, people. And it's so cool to see them all in this show all together. These are actors who can act and are, like, really good. And so, like, everybody, <laughs> even minor characters, are cast with people who are veteran character actor person. And so they just do an outstanding job. So Yeah. Agreed. Yep. Cool. So right. I wasn't aware that there was going to be a second season, but you sort yes. of hinted at that. Yes, there is going to be a second season. Okay. Cool. So yeah, I don't know when. I think it's one of those shows that they were working on right before the pandemic and it aired, originally aired right in the middle of the pandemic last last year. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if they've gotten a chance to start filming season two yet, but yeah. So I'm really excited. Well, I will look forward to that. Cool. But you want to talk about what sort of things to consume on a road trip. And hopefully yeah. that will be things that you can listen to, but also things that you can eat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> consume is just general consume. So yeah, with, with things getting better, we've been doing a lot of road tripping, planning road trips, etc. And so this is a little bit more about things to do if you're driving, you know, somewhere, not, not as much if you're flying somewhere. But the longer the road trip, I know I tend to get really fussy and need distraction from long stretches of highway. So some of the things that I like to do are listen to podcasts and maybe listen to podcasts that I don't otherwise listen to. Mm -hmm. So I'll sometimes listen to things that are deliberately really, really funny, like comedy podcasts. 
but also I'll sometimes listen to some political podcasts that I, I've been steering away from that lately. But sometimes on a road trip, it's a little bit like, well, let's just get a big news analysis here. So it's kind of a good opportunity to break out of what you've been listening to. Typically, like uh, if you are a regular podcast listener like I am, um, I listen to them a lot when I'm running errands or jogging, things like that. But on a road trip, I tend to go for stuff that I'm not otherwise listening to. So that can be a fun thing to do just to explore things. Right before we left for one trip, I put out a call on Facebook saying, hey, give me some like good true crime or fiction things that are like a season, you know? Yeah. And one that a person recommended to me was Passenger List, which is a fictional mystery full cast podcast. And it's about an airplane that goes missing on a flight from London to New York. It just like disappears over the Atlantic Ocean. That sounds fun. Yeah. And so this girl whose brother had been on the plane, this girl Caitlin, played by Kelly Marie Tran from Star Wars. Oh, cool. Yeah. She gets kind of obsessed with trying to figure out what happened and does a lot of like phone call interviews with people and goes to see people. And so a lot of the episodes are taken from what would have been like her tape recording of the interview or her phone call recording of an interview or something. And it gets really spooky and really creepy and, and really weird. And it's, it's very good if you like Lost or if you're at all interested in the Malaysian flight that similarly disappeared a couple of years back, because it's kind of based on that. Or just any good mystery that you're not sure if it's related to spies or supernatural things or extraterrestrial things. It's really unclear. So hmm. listen to a little bit of that on a recent trip. But also like audiobooks are good. And for audiobooks, I tend to lean into things that are funny and may not require a lot of connective plot to get. So on road trips in the past, I've listened to a lot of David Sedaris books because they're sort of, he reads his own work very well and is almost like a comedian. And he also, it's mostly like little standalone stories that are sort of connected, but there's not a through line for the whole book. So if you kind of, if your attention wanes, you're not going to lose a major plot point. And then music, I think that, you know, listening to really kind of loud, peppy music is is a must for a car trip. <laughs> Some bops. Some bops, absolutely. Make a bop playlist. Yeah. Like listening to more mellow or quiet or repetitive music when you're on a long highway drive is a bad plan. That is a way to fall asleep, even though I like that music. <laughs> For other purposes, it's not good for a road trip. I think you got to go with some good rock or bombastic music that's <laughs> loud and that you can sing along to. And then also with like food, being flexible about that, having things that you can snack on in the car, but understanding that if you go through drive throughs we had an experience where we went through a drive through of a very common fast food chain that shall remain nameless, and it was really <laughs> awful even though I have gotten food from other locations plenty of times and it's fine. It was a weird store location that was kind of off the beaten path and it was particularly bad. Like it was mm. stale and gross. So things like that are going to happen. So you have to decide, do you always want to eat well, in which case you need to actually plan in stops where you can get out and go to a real restaurant and sit down and take a break from the road, which is always nice if you have that time. Or are you going to be willing to put up with something crummy or do you want to pack your own food and yeah 
plan ahead. So I think a combination of those is probably the way to go. But definitely to have some snacks that you can just kind of grab and it's easy to eat, whether you're the driver or the passenger, without it being too messy or or whatever. So I wouldn't be recommending like get a big burrito bowl or something because you're you're driving and it's going to be a mess. Yeah. (laughs) So think ahead, think about your own food preferences. And, you know, this might be a time to, you know, get a cooler with a bunch of smoothie packs in it or something. And that way it's really easy. So, you know, yeah, thinking ahead, saving money. But I'll tell you what, if you think, oh, I'm going to just pack a bunch of bologna sandwiches and it'll be fine. That's going to end up being the last thing that you want to eat when you actually hit the road and you're fussy and cranky and it's been six hours and you're just like, I'm done. Give me like a giant hamburger because you're not that little, that little white bread bologna sandwich that you made at home six hours earlier. is going to feel real gross. So yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. Well, that's all good advice. Thank you. Yeah. And, and like look ahead of time about rest stops because I'll tell you what, Ohio has amazing rest stops. And other states, not so much. So um, look at where you're going. Look at I Pennsylvania, I think, has good ones. Yeah, I don't know. Sort of. Sort of. They're <laughs> Some fine. of them. Yeah. West Virginia, though, I will tell you what, has almost no rest stops. So. Okay. <laughs> good to know. Yeah. That's because it's so small that you should be able to get across it in one go. <laughs> you should, maybe. But I mean, be aware if you're going to if you're going to be driving through a state or a place where there isn't a lot, you're going to have to be stopping at restaurants. Yeah. And that may dictate your eating habits on the road. So, yeah. And some rest stops are vending machines. So, yeah. Sometimes sure. you pull over and you're like, "Ooh, maybe there will be I don't know, Starbucks, but then it's just vending machines." So, yeah. Yeah. Watch Which could be fine, yeah and, yeah, and watch out for that. But like, if all you need is to go to the bathroom and get a, you know, Coke or whatever, then yeah. great, bring some change with you. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Anyway, like, what what kind of advice or tips do you have? You do a fair amount of at least short road trips. Oh, boy. I, this was your segment, so I didn't, <laughs> I didn't oh, no, do that's anything. A, that's okay. Yeah, so I do I do a lot of short three-hour trips back to my parents, and usually I try to find an audiobook or a podcast for the first two hours, mm-hmm. and if I really am enjoying it, I'll listen to it for the third, but usually the, the, the last hour is music, mm-hmm. and it just depends. It's a lot of Taylor Swift, but sometimes it's just fun, peppy music that... That'll keep me occupied. So Mm -hmm. food wise, it's not a full day trip. So it's mostly just snacks. Mm -hmm. I pack a bottle of water and sometimes I stop and get a Coke and then I snack. And that's, yeah, that's about all. I sort of like just being in the car for a little while. I don't know why. I guess that's kind of weird, but. (laughs) No, it's not. But I I tell you, I, I can do two, three hours and I'm pretty good. Yeah. Beyond that, though, I just there's something where I either need a legit break that's a little longer than just getting out and, and stopping briefly. I need to change drivers if I have that luxury, if I'm not by myself. I need to get out and actually stretch. I just get really like, I don't know if it's a claustrophobia thing or what. Yeah. I think it's it's sort of boredom. So you've mm-hmm. really got to make it fun. The other thing, sometimes if I'm with another person is to to play little like 20 question games at least once or so 
And I know those are obnoxious, but at least it sort of changes what you're paying attention to for, you know, a few minutes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes if I have another person, I'll make them talk out a story idea with me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you made me do that at least once. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. But yeah, there's something about there's something about that third hour being when you need to sort of wake yourself up. And then beyond that third hour, I'm like, if we don't make a major stop, I'm going to lose my mind. So <laughs> uh, Good to know. I yeah. will not plan a three-hour plus road trip with you. <laughs> Good. Thank you. <laughs> so you should, uh, listeners, you should tell us what your favorite things to do on a long road trip are. It's summertime. It's the season of doing things like that. And we're now a little bit past the worst of the the bad days of last year where it was completely impossible to travel. So you know, tweet to us or email us um, ideas you have because it could prove helpful. <laughs> yeah. And I'm driving a lot, so I could always use new things to listen to. Yeah. Cool. Well, next week, we're talking about some more great pop culture stuff. So be sure to check it out. Our theme music is by Joseph McDade. You could find me on Twitter at Carrie Gessner. And you can find me on Twitter at KW Taylor Writer. You can find us together on Twitter at Pause Pop Podcast. If you'd like to email us, you can do that at positivelypopculture at gmail.com. You can also find us on our website at positivelypopculture.com. And please rate us and review us on iTunes and wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. Stay healthy and safe, and join us next time for another episode of Pause Pop. Pause Pop.